Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Sean McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to just to focus on the tenet that Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible uh, readings this morning will be out of my Ryrie Study Bible. Of course, you may use any Bible you wish, and there's also 
online sources, and my favorite source is going to www.biblia.com. Um, I have had many spiritual experiences and in gratitude. We have ongoing Bible readings every Sunday morning. We're making our way right through the New Testament at the moment. And we have a discussion about spiritual experiences, and I read out of the guideposts and have some short little stories and everything else. And I'm just focused on being my real self and carrying the message given to me and nothing else. We don't have any axe to grind, and we're not mad at anybody over here. We just want to pray and read our Bible. And uh, our continued prayers are going out for the victims of the San Bernardino shootings. Um, my coworker um, had lost her daughter in that uh, uh, horrible act, and uh, they're going to be laying them to rest very, very shortly. And so I ask you to pray for Sierra Claiborne and her family, and God bless them. And uh, let's get together for our opening prayer as we bow our heads in respect and reverence for our holy Jesus Christ. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And we pray for all Christians being persecuted worldwide and their freedoms to worship and lives are in great jeopardy. Those whose lives are taken for distorted and evil reasons, and we believe that because they die in Jesus, they're now martyred and they go straight to heaven. Pray for all those suffering from violence here at home and from abroad. We pray for those who are sick in mind and body and those who are lonely and for uncomforted. You know, God forgive us our sins. We also pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own homes and freedom from addiction of every kind. Please, God, send your archangel, Michael, to fight against evil and protect everyone and all your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers go out to those suffering in the world, including the animals who can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers that they have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all countries for problems of suffering all over the world. Thank you, God. Thank you. We ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care, and everyone and their families are in our prayers this morning. So thank you, God. Amen. I want to wish anybody that has a birthday this morning, happy birthday, and we wish you a very prosperous year again. And also, happy Hanukkah to all my friends, and then uh, Christmas is coming up, and uh, we're all excited about it, and we're really happy. Of course, this is how we commemorate Christ's birth, and uh, we do remember the reason for the season. If you have any questions, you want to call me this morning, 619-924-9744, and after our little Bible study, you can ask me a question. Anyway, go if you don't have your Bible there, go to www.biblia.com. So this, I just want to let you know that this morning's music was by Savi, vocal group from the CD Made Angels by Savi. And you may wish to order your own copy. So go to Savi, S-A-V-A-E dot org. I also found them on Facebook and they do live shows. So check their Facebook page. And you can also listen to them for free on YouTube and they have a CD on Amazon. So this morning we're actually reading Galatians 4. We're moving right on through the Bible. And so we're talking this one we're going to, I'm going to read you the uh the 
you know, synopsis, and then we'll go ahead and start reading in the Bible. So get your Bibles ready. God's little heirs and heiresses. You see, the Bible, Paul's point is that we're all kinds of like kids about to inherit a fortune. Hear him out. Basically, Daddy Warbucks has left us a pile of money and a slew of European hotels until, until we turn 18. We can't get our hands on any of it. Same thing with God. He promised that he, we'd be redeemed if we believed in him, but we couldn't actually do it until Jesus came to earth. Now we have to claim our birthright as children of God and start playing the stock market too. Anyway, they're joking here. Now that the Galatians know God so intimately and have been adopted by his super special children, why would they want to go back to the dark days of being forced to obey the law? Paul is worried that the Galatians just aren't getting it. They're spending a lot of time fussing over which Jewish holidays to celebrate instead of living for Jesus like they're supposed to. Look, Paul knows the Galatians are have good hearts, but when we first came to see when he first came to see them, he was pretty darn sick. But they didn't hate on him because of it. They welcomed him and accepted him what he had to say. So what happened to those good times, Galatians? Paul remembers that these guys would have given him the shirts off their backs or eyes out of their sockets. Anyway, now they think he's a big liar. The Galatians are like Paul's kids. In fact, right now he's like a mom going through the labor pains with them. And you know birthing a whole community of Christians is no picnic. Anyway, story time. If the Galatians love the Torah so much, maybe they'd like to hear a story from the Torah. Yeah, Paul thought they would. Remember Abraham and his two sons, Ishmael and Isaac? Hagar was the mother of Isaac. She was a slave woman who had become came in son son who came into the world in the usual way. But Sarah, the mother of Isaac, was infertile and God made himself himself allowed her to conceive a child, Isaac, therefore came into the world through God's promise. Paul thinks that the two women represent two different paths. Hagar was a slave and bore children who would become slaves to the law. But Sarah was free and gave birth because of God's goodness and love. In case you didn't realize it, Sarah is the lady Christians should be aiming to emulate. Paul also drops a hint of what would happen with these naysayers in Galatia who keep pushing the law. The community shouldn't follow the example of Abraham and throw Hagar and her law-loving children out into the desert. Anyway, that's how it happened, folks. So let's turn to our Bible, and we're in Galatians chapter 4. And here it goes, straight from the Bible. Now I say, as long as, as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from his slave, although he is the owner of everything. But he is under the guardians and managers until the date set by the father. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might be deemed those who were under the law, that they would, might receive adoption as sons. Because they are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into their hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. However, at that, that time, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature were no gods. But now that you have come to know God and rather be known by God, has how has it that you have you you're excuse me, let me start again. 
How is it that you turn back again to the weak and the worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all do you desire to be enslaved all over again? You observe the days and the months and the seasons and the years. I fear for you that perhaps I have labored over you in vain. So he's frustrated here. So the next part is about the argument from personal testimony. I beg of you, brethren, become come as I am, for I have become as you are. You have done me no wrong. But you know that it is because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time. And that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition, you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ himself. Where then is that sense of blessing you had? For I bear you witness that, if possible, you would have plucked your, out your eyes and given them to me. So have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? They eagerly seek you, but not commendably, but they wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. But it is good always to be eagerly sought in a commendable manner, and not only when I am present with you. My children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you, but I would wish to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Now this goes on to the argument from an allegory. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by bondwoman, one by free woman. But the son by the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and the son by the free woman through the promise. This is an allegory speaking, for these women are two covenants, one proceeding from the Mount Sinai bearing children who are to be slaves. She is Hagar. No, this Hagar is Mount Sinai is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, where she is in slavery with her children. But Jerusalem is above above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, barren woman who does not bear. Bring forth and shout, you are not in labor. For numerous are the children of the desolate than the one who has a husband. And you, brethren, like Isaac, are children of the promise. But as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. So it is now also. For what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be an heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not the children of a bondwoman, but of the free woman. Well, he explains it all there. And let's go back and start from the first notes. So uh, he's talking about the elemental things of the world, the bondage of the legalistic practice of Judaism or the bondage of heathenism. Okay, born of a woman, the divine son is also human. Born under the law, Christ was reared in conformity to Mosaic law. And now we're up to 4-5, the adoption of sons. Okay, the Holy Spirit in the heart of the believer shows his acceptance with God as a son and heir. Abba is an aromatic word for father. Then Paul tells the Galatians that they are not acting like heirs of God. Influenced by Judaism, some Galatians had begun to observe the festivals of the Jewish calendar. 
And Paul is saying that he has a good relationship with Galatians. Do you have in the past been ready to pluck out your eyes for me? A common expression at the time of giving up everything for another, not an indication of eye trouble. So though he was ill with his former visit, they had not scorned him but had treated him as Christ had treated him. Now he wanted them to hold on to the truth that, they, that he had taught them. The Judaizers, Judaizers were apparently using flattery and threats on the Galatians. Not only am I present with you, for example, Paul is not adverse to having others minister to them as long as it is done sincerely in the truth. And then he's talking about Isaac was born of a free woman, Sarah, in a miraculous way. Ishmael was born of a slave woman in an ordinary way. Without denying the, the historicity of the accounts of Genesis, Paul draws, draws lessons from them. Hagar stands for the Mosaic Law, slavery. Mount Sinai, Jerusalem, then under slavery to Rome in the flesh. And then Sarah and Isaac stand for the Abrahamic, Abrahamic covenant and the heavenly Jerusalem, the spirit and freedom. So then that takes us to five, which we will be reading next week. We're learning so much just by going through this and reading it and doing the notes and the synopsis. You know, we're learning a lot. So we have time for a little story. I want to thank you once again all for listening and my listeners who listen in archives. I want to God bless you for being here. And thank you so much. Okay, so this one with the help of Job, A Perfect Pot of Tea by Roberta Mesner, and she's from Canova, West Virginia. An impatient, and I can't even read this one. Excuse me, everybody. An impatient crowd of nearly 200 diehard bargain hunters shoved their way through the huge living room of the old withered homestead. The sweltering 90-degree temperature didn't deter one single one in pursuit of a state sale fine of the summer. The lady conducting the sale, a longtime acquaintance, nodded as he watched the early morning scavengers. How's this for bedlam, she chuckled. I smiled in agreement. I shouldn't even be here. I have to be in the airport in less than an hour, I admitted to her. But when I was a teenager, I sold cosmetics in the neighborhood, and Hillary Withers was my favorite customer. They then run and check this little attic, she suggested. There are plenty of old cosmetics up there. Quickly, I squeezed through the ever-growing throng and climbed the stairs to the third floor. The attic was deserted except for a petite elderly woman presiding over several tables loaded with yellow bags of all sizes. What brings you all the way up here, she asked as she popped this topper out of a perfume bottle. There's nothing here except for old Avon Tupperware and fully brush products. I drew a long, cautious breath. The unmistakable fragrance of Here's My Heart perfume transported me back nearly 20 years. Why, this is my own handwriting, I exclaimed as my eyes fell upon the invoice stapled to one of the bags. The untouched sack held more than a hundred dollars worth of creams and colognes, my very first sale to Miss Withers. On that long June day, I canvassed the wide tree line avenue for nearly four hours, but not one lady in the house had invited me indoors. Instead, several had slammed the doors in my face. As I rang the bell in the last house, I braced myself for the now familiar rejection. Hello, ma'am. I'm your new Avon representative, I stammered, but when the the carved oak door swung open, I have some great products I'd like to show you. And when my eyes finally found the courage to face the lady in the doorway, I realized it was Mrs. Withers, the bubbly matronly soprano in our church choir. 
I admire her lovely dresses and hats and dream that someday I'd wear stylish clothes too. Just two months before, we had traveled in a distant city to uh, brain surgery. Miss Withers has showered me with beautiful cards. When she had picked up a scripture verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, and I carried it in my red vinyl wallet. Whenever my teachers told me that I'd never make it to college, I'd take it out and study it, repeating its promise softly to myself. I believe that verse, even when my teachers kept saying, with all the school you've missed, Roberta, you can never catch up. Perhaps they felt it was kinder not to let me dream too much, since I was afflicted with neurofibromatosis, a serious neurological disorder. Why, Roberta, dear, come in and come in, her voice sang out. I need a million and one things, so I'm glad you came to see me. Genuinely, I eased myself into the spotless sofa and unzipped my tweed satchel filled with all the cosmetic samples, five dollars goodbye. When I handed Miss Withers a salesman shirt, suddenly I felt like the most important girl in the world. Miss Withers, we have two types of creams, one for ready to skin tones and one for sallow skin. I explained with newfound confidence. And they're great for wrinkles too. Oh, oh good, she enchanted. Which one would you like to try, I asked as I started to adjust the wig, hiding my stubby surgery-scarred scalp. Oh, I surely need one of each, she answered. And what do you have in the way of fragrances? Here, try this one, Miss Withers. It recommended that you place it on the pulse point for the best effect. I instructed, pointing to her diamond and gold-clad wrist. Why, Roberta, you're so knowledgeable about all this. You must have been studied for days. What an intelligent young woman you are. You really think so, Mrs. Withers? Oh, I know so. And and just what do you plan to do with your earnings? I'm saving for college to be a registered nurse, I replied, surprised at my own words. But today I'm thinking more of buying my mother a cardigan sweater for her birthday. She always goes with me for my medical appointments. And when we travel to the train, my sweater would be nice for her. Wonderful, Roberta, so considerate. Now what do you have in the gifts line, she asked. Requesting two of each item I recommended. Her extravagant total was $117. I Had she meant to order so much, I wondered, but she would smile back and said, I look forward to receiving my delivery, Roberta. Did, do you say next Tuesday? I was preparing to leave when Miss Wither said, You look absolutely famous. Would you like some tea before you go? At our house, we think of tea as liquid sunshine. I nodded and then followed Mrs. Withers to her pristine kitchen, filled with all manner of curiosities. I watched Spellbound as she orchestrated a tea party like I'd never seen in the movies. Wow, just for me. She carefully filled the tea kettle with cold water, brought it to a true boil, then let the tea leaf steep for exactly five minutes, and so the flavor will blossom, she explained. Then she raised a silver tray with a delicate china tea set, a chintz tea cozy, tempting strawberry scones and other splendors. At home, we sometimes drank iced tea with jelly glasses, but never had I felt like a princess of you that afternoon. Excuse me, Miss Withers, but isn't there a fast way to fix tea, I asked. At home, we use tea bags. Miss Withers wrapped her arms around my shoulders. There are some things in life you shouldn't be hurried, she confided. I've learned that brewing a proper pot of tea is a lot like living a life that pleases God. It takes extra effort, but it's always worth it. Take you, for instance, with all of your health problems. Why, you're steeped in determination and ambition. Just a perfect pot of tea. Many in your shoes would have given up, but not you. With God's help, you can accomplish anything you set your mind to, Roberta. 
Abruptly, my journey back in time ended when the lady in the hot, sticky attic asked, You knew Hilly Withers, too? I wiped a stream of perspiration from my forehead. Yes, I once told her, sold her some cosmetics, but I can't understand why she never used them or gave them away. She didn't give a lot of them away, she replied, as a matter of factly, but somehow some of them got missed and ended up here. But why did she buy them and not use them? Oh, she purchased a special brand of cosmetics for her own use, the lady spoke in confident whisper. Hillary had a soft spot for her heart for door-to-door salesmen. She never turned any of them away. She used to tell me, I could just give them money, but money alone doesn't buy self-respect. So I give them a little of my money, listening to in ear, and share love and prayers, and you never know what little encouragement can take someone. I pause remembering how my cosmetic sales had soared after that first visit with Miss Withers. I bought my mother a new sweater for my commission on the sale. I still had enough money for my college fund. I even went on with several district and national cosmetic sales awards. Eventually, I put myself through college with my own earnings and realized my dream of becoming a registered nurse. Later, I earned my master's degree and a PhD. Wow. Miss Withers prayed for all these people, I asked, spurring to dozens of time-worn delivery bags on the table. Oh, yes, she assured me. She did it without the slightest yearning and anyone would ever know. I paid the cashier for my purchases, a sack of cosmetics I'd sold to Miss Withers, and a tiny heart-shaped gold locket. I threaded the locket into each gold chain I wore around my neck. Then I headed for the airport. Later that afternoon, I was addressing a medical convention in New York. When I ran to the elegant hotel ballroom, I found my way to the speaker's podium and scanned the sea of faces. Healthcare specialists from all over the country. Suddenly, I felt insecure from that long ago day peddling cosmetics in that unfamiliar affluent neighborhood. Can I do it? My mind questioned. My trembling fingers reached upward to the locket and it opened, revealing a picture of Mrs. Withers inside. I again heard her soft but emphatic words. With God's help, you can accomplish anything you set your mind to, Roberta. Good afternoon, I began slowly. Thank you for inviting me to speak about putting the care back in the health care. It's often said that nursing is love made visible. But this morning, I learned an unexpected lesson about the power of quiet love expressed in secret. The kind of love expressed not for show, but for the good it can do with some lives of some people. Some of our most important acts of love sometimes go unnoticed until they've become too steep in their flavor to blossom. When I told my colleagues the story of Hilary Withers, to my surprise, there was a thunderous applause. Silently, I prayed, thank you, God, and Mrs. Withers. And do you think it all began with a perfect pot of tea? <sighs> wow. Amen. So this uh, folks for the morning, and I'm... Just my head and heart is filled with everything we've read today, and uh, I hope it blessed you as it's blessed me. And uh, we're going to come back next week with Galatians 5 and more information and more readings. And I want to bless and wish you, everyone, how much I love you all for listening, and thank you so much. Keep keep praying, keep each other in your prayers, and keep reading your Bible. In closing, let's say our traditional prayer. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And in closing, may God bless and keep you in his loving arms that you may have the strength to face whatever is ahead. Remember, you're never alone. I love you, and may God bless, and may all your dreams come true. And God bless your life. True love 
May true love live in your heart. Message me if you have any concerns or prayers or you need to discuss something by my friends. And happy trails to you. I love you very much. God bless you. Never forget how good God is. Amen. Thank you.